What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. Hello, Rose. Hi, Rose. Lay down. You just click clacking around? No, you're not be- on the couch. You're becoming a, a, a pretty prominent part of our show since Lay- you're in the living room every time we fucking record. <laughs> She's so sweet. She's so sweet, but also... Very distracting. So distracting. Oh, uh, babe. Ready to talk about some sex? Yeah, well, let's talk about some relationship stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, am I in trouble? Yeah. The way I, you said that, I was like, uh, okay. No, I, I, I just know the the uh, interview we're releasing today, and um, I thought it paired really nicely with this uh, this blog that I read on Esther Perel's website today. How fitting yeah. that we're about to talk about our, our old friend Esther. Our guru. Who we've never met, <laughs> but maybe one day. Um, because, well, let's get to what you're, but you're, you want to talk about, but, uh, uh, it's funny because tonight we're going to, wa- we're going to watch her speak live. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I'm actually like kind of, I'm going to like humble brag a little bit here. Okay. 
which is so not humble and full on bragging. Mm-hmm. I spoke at a conference last year called Endwell. Where was it? San Francisco. Okay. And uh, it's basically a, a, a conference about death and dying, but like from a a design perspective. So like they have like people from all over, from like many different sort of backgrounds. Okay. Um, you know, activists, actors, um, architects, uh, uh, healthcare professionals, you know, whatever, podcasters. And uh, they, it's a series of speakers throughout the day. So it's like a one day symposium. And uh, that's where I met Justin Baldoni and how we got involved with like, um, you know, trying to hype up the launch for Five Feet Apart and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because uh, he was speaking there last year. He kicked it off. So this year, I think who's kicking it off is like Tim McGraw or some shit like that. Like some big is he a country singer. Yeah, some big country star. Okay. I don't know. Like I think he has a song about loss, and like it played a big role in an album. I, I don't. I honestly, I just said Tim McGraw because that's the only country name like that comes to mind. Right. As, aside from Garth Brooks, but we all know GB ain't going to be there. He's not. <laughs> no. What do you know about Garth Brooks that I don't know? That he wouldn't be speaking at a at the same conference uh, as Tim McGraw. Uh, you know what? Go to Garth Brooks's Instagram and read all the comments on his oh. on his Instagram page. It's it's an inside joke with another podcast, your mom's house. But anyway, he's uh, anyway. I'm not even getting into that. But this year, one of the closing speakers is Esther Perel. Great. And when I found out she was speaking at the conference that I spoke at last year, but we missed each other by a year. Yeah. I was so fucking butthurt. But we saw her at South by Southwest. We did, but I'm not. No, no. We saw her because we were attending South by Southwest. But yeah. if we if we were both on the same bill speaking You'd the same day. You'd be like day, clinking glasses. I'd be hanging out with her after. Yeah, behind, backstage. Right. Got it. That would have been our in. Yeah. Anyway. We're going to have to find another way in because uh, she remains at the top of my list of people I'd like to speak to. Well, her BFF spoke last year mm-hmm. at Endwell. Okay. And her and I... Got to chit chatting. Who's her BFF? Uh, it's a they're another psychologist. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, and okay. so I told I we were talking about you, her and I, oh. and she wanted to make the link. So right it, it still might happen. I don't it, know. it could happen. We gotta follow up. It could happen. That. I mean, I'm listening to more and more podcasts and watching more and more interviews with her, and um, it's interesting because, like, you know, she has a body of knowledge that you, um, that's really like broad. Oh, yeah. Because she started out, I think, with trauma and then went into yeah. relationships and now is is talking about workplace relationships. Which I'm, I, which is making me very curious about what her talk's going to be about tonight. Yeah. Like I... Um, so, right. The reason we're watching this is because Endwell, very graciously, sent all their past speakers a link to watch the symposium... The live feed. Live on oh, the live cool. feed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, like... If she were, I mean, obviously she'll work relationships into I'm whatever sure. it is she's discussing. Yeah. Um, but again, at a death con- a conference about death. Kind you know? of famously says the quality of your relationships informs the quality of your life. Right. Something Which like that. would inform the quality of your death. Yeah, I suppose. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she speaks, she's got a great website and, um, she has a blog on it and I've never really explored the blog, but 
you know, it's always like, even when you read these things or you watch these things and they can be quite repetitive, like, you know, as a public speaker, you're, you're often recycling things from one speech to the next or you're building on it, you're yeah. elaborating, but you're using like familiar Same, things you've s- talked about. Yeah, similar skeleton. Yeah. Um, it's always good. It always bears repeating. Where It's always worth repeating to me because um, it lands it lands a little more deeply every time. It's like, it's like repeating your math problems or yeah. repeating your like, you know, anything you're trying to sort of instill or memorize. Um, well, we kind of talk about that later in this episode with, uh, with our guest, Laura. That's right. About some of the stuff that she talks about in terms of, you know, self love and, and finding relationships, finding love. Um, yeah. And like hearing things that you, you know, to be true. Yeah, maybe like you've kind of you've kind of forgotten in a slight way, but yeah, you know, it's it's not like learning something you didn't know you didn't know. It's you're relearning what you already know you knew. Yeah, yeah, right, just like that. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Remember we went through that shit in uh, Landmark. We shouldn't, oh, yeah. we shouldn't blast out there that we did Landmark form too much. People think we're in a fucking we're a bunch of cult no cult I mean, members. They know we're they're weird. Anyway, all hail the leader. Landmark form was uh, was something we did together. And uh, I, we talked about that. Yeah, I think it was What great. you know, what you don't know. Yeah. What you don't know that you don't know. I guess so. And what you know that you don't know. I don't know. Clearly. <laughs> I think we hear that squeakiness of the chair. On no, the I can't even hear it. Oh, I can hear it like crazy. Um, okay. Um, so, so I hopped onto her blog and um, she had this one called Seven Verbs that shape the way you love. Okay. Which I love because I love words. I love grammar. I'm a real geek for it. And, um, you know, she speaks nine languages. So. That is fucked. I know. I know. Where do you get the time? <laughs> I think, you know, if you got, if you, if you live in a country where there's one dominant language, but you, you have two parents that have, each have their own language, which isn't her situation, I, I don't think, but yeah, um, yeah it's I quite- mean, I get it. I get it coming up in a bilingual family. That makes sense. Yeah. That's like pretty, that seems kind of easy. Then another one in school. But then, but yeah, okay. All right, sure. I'm with you that far. I think Where the fuck have, does the fourth one come in? I think, and the fifth, and the sixth, and the seventh, and the eighth, and the ninth. I think once you have <laughs> you know three, I mean? your brain is kind of like yeah. hardwired now to be able to learn languages. I think that's kind of the way There's a guy that, that I the neuroscience that works. I follow on YouTube. I forget his I forget his name right now, but he has this YouTube channel where he walks around um uh his town, which is like somewhere in the states, like I think it's like Detroit, some urban city. Um he walks around with a head uh, uh, a GoPro on his head, or like mm-hmm. strapped to his head. And he's, he's this like, like late twenties, black male, uh, walking around into like, he'll walk into like a, a Chinese restaurant and he'll just start speaking to the, to the teller or the owner, like whoever's working there Mm. in like immaculate Mandarin. Right. And they'll just be like, whoa, how the where the fuck did you learn Mandarin? And he's like, yeah, I just, I just practice it. And then, and then in the same video, he'll go into a, a Russian jeweler and like this Russian owned jewelry shop. And he'll go in and like inquire about the, the jewelry and he'll just start speaking like perfect Russian. And they're like, Whoa, where the fuck did you learn Russian? He's like, yeah, I just, I just 
I don't know, taught myself. He's like self-taught, knows. And then there's a there's a video where he goes into one, he goes into a bar and like the bars, like the owner's like Portuguese dude, starts speaking Portuguese. And the guy at the bar is like, your Portuguese is really good. And the guy behind the bar is like, this guy speaks like three different languages, pointing to the guy who commented on on this kid. And uh, and the guy behind the bar, the guy behind the bar that like is standing next to him was like, I know more than three. And then they start having like a, a language off. Oh. And he starts he starts asking him like questions in different languages and different dialects. And this this guy who owns the YouTube channel just like rifling back and forth with him. It was it was so it's so in, interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, that was a fucking tangent. I bet um when you can speak that many language your your languages, your tongue can do all kinds of neat stuff so i bet that's also <laughs> beneficial for Probably. Your partners yeah um so she says uh um she says where where do we learn to love and how and she said to love which is a verb to love is a skill that's cultivated not merely a state of enthusiasm it is dynamic and active imbued with intention and responsibility and it is a verb as a person that speaks nine languages, I've learned how important it is to practice the basic verbs of a new language. These are the first we learn for speech, and I've come to believe that they are also the first when we learn in love. Hmm. I pay special attention to seven. Seven verbs. Ready? Yeah. To ask. That's a good one. To take. Mm-hmm. To receive. Well, okay. What's to the, give. What's the difference between take and receive? Let me get through the list. Okay. To share. Oh, I got it. To refuse. Uh-huh. And to play slash imagine. Right, okay. Yeah, to take. To take right. To yeah, take it's very different and than to, to receive. receive. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Taking candy from a baby is different <laughs> from a baby giving you some candy. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um so she says, When we learn these verbs as children, some grow strong while others grow weak. As adults they become uh built into the foundation of our defense mechanisms and our survival strategies, our strengths and our vulnerabilities. Um, so she suggests that we um, ask yourself, which of the verbs is the strongest for you and which is the weakest? Are there any that could use a little extra care? And then I kind of went down the Estere rabbit hole and um, went, went digging a little more in her um her website, and she has this thing called Your Intimacy Inventory, a guide to encourage you to ask yourself the important questions about you and your intimate relationships. Okay. And um, so what is this inventory? My intimacy inventory is designed to get you to start asking questions to examine and explore yourself, your behaviors, your motives, and your history. These are questions you probably never asked yourself directly, even though you've thought about or dealt with issues around them. Maybe you're trying to get a glass of water off that shelf or what? What are you doing? Get away from the from my cocktail. You just want to burp all glasses. over them? Yeah, I gotta wash those. Just lay now. down. A little fart just kind of lay down, maybe. Uh, all right, I was with you. Um, so she says, why is it important? We all come to relationships with an emotional dowry that contains fears, anticipations, expectations, and your wounds and your strengths. I like emotional dowry more than, than baggage. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Emotional dowry. What is it? What is dowry? A dowry is an old, old, old custom of, um, give, basically bribing someone to take your daughter off your hands. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's uh, okay. I think that's. I don't know how I feel says. about emotional dowry now. Yeah, but no, I guess I guess it's you know this is like you're you're taking this off my hands. If we're getting involved, you're gonna get involved with my dowry. Yeah, right. This is my gift, my my emotional endowment. And uh, yeah, um, okay. So then she says that. Oh, I I zoomed in way too much. My poor little eyes. Um, the emotional dowry is learned but it becomes second nature. In other words, our relational and sexual aspirations are based on what you had, what you didn't have, what you wish to repair, and what you wish to repeat. Okay. So she's got these names. She's got these, uh, she she says, basically just give yourself a chance to like take one of these questions and mull it over and whatever one stands out to you the most that you want to investigate. Um. And probably also to look at all the any of the ones that you're like, ugh, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to ask myself that. Anything you push away, probably probably worth yeah, probably doing worth a little more digging. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the ones she asked, she's like of the following verbs. So she narrows it down one, two, three. She's only got five on this list of the following verbs. Which one are you most comfortable with? To ask, to take, to give, to receive, to refuse. Hmm. Are you asking me that? I'm asking you. Do you know? What, what what I'm most comfortable with? Yeah. Ask. Uh, tell me again. To ask. Yeah. To take. Yeah. To give. To receive. To refuse. Probably uh, to receive. You're the most comfortable with that. Yeah. Or to refuse. Mm-hmm. Those two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of refusing in the context of this. Like, no, thank you. I don't want that right now. Yeah, that's kind of how it comes up in my mind. Yeah, that's a bit of a hard one for me. To ask is hard for me. It's also hard for me. Yeah, not. It's a little easier, I think. It might be a little easier as a as a woman to ask. Right. I don't know though. You have to be pretty comfortable with, and she talks about this too. You have to be pretty comfortable with being turned down. Um, on yeah, occasion, which I'm not. Even within a. Long-term relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Right. Um, so you're not good at asking because you don't like to be rejected. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. Also, sometimes like uh, just being a burden. Like I don't right. like the feeling of being a burden. Right. So like that's that's another reason why I don't like to ask. But definitely the like the rejection thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big was, one. Yeah. I was supposed to go on a date last night. I know. And I've talked about this on the show and the date bailed and I got so bummed and like, I know I got to get over that. I know that's just part of dating, but it's just so like, I, I put so much weight behind the effort it takes to even ask yeah. for, to go on a date yeah, and like to like, to like plan it, you know, and like carve it out into my schedule kind of thing. Not to like sound, Oh, I'm so busy, but, but like I kind of am. Yeah. You know, especially with like two other relationships. So it's just, I get so fucking. Well, I think we're in like. And then it makes me not want to Yeah. Of canceling plans. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit, a bit of an issue because I don't think we, as busy as we all are and as much as we are trying to just like do our best, but get everything done. I think we're busier than we probably ever have been. Yeah. We're so overcommitted. And then. 
And then on the other side of that, and this is throwing it back actually a landmark, is we don't necessarily value our word. Like when we give yeah. our word to do something, it's too easy for us to say, I actually can't do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other side of the coin is like people not wanting to commit to things at all until like maybe the very last minute because they're waiting to see if something else is going to come along. Yeah. Which I think there's something to be said for like those people that are like that fall into the more like spontan, the people that really enjoy spontaneity mm-hmm. and like, and, and that's kind of their vibe where it's like, yeah, you know, asking this person last minute, more, like nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, yep, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, I think that's like always, I really appreciate that in folks. Uh, but the whole, well, I'm not going to commit until I know. Mm-hmm. Like, with the, I, that, that shit drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like, yo, you you just, someone asked you two months ago to do a thing, and now it's time to do that thing, but something better came up. Just do the thing that you said you go to. Perfect example, the other night, a few weeks ago, someone was like, hey, do you want to, someone I don't really know that well, was like, hey, do you want to come fill a seat at a table ringside at a amateur Muay Thai kickboxing night when he asked me that i was like fuck yeah that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. and then the night of i was like oh man i really wish i didn't commit to that because i'd rather do some other there's other things i'd rather do right now but i went to the kickboxing because i said i would be there and i said there there was a chair that needed to be filled so i said i would fill it and i went and i did it and man i'm so glad i did Mm. you know and you don't have that guilt of like I let that person down. I don't have any of that there. garbage. Yeah, none of that shit. Yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, <coughs> I would say that it's interesting because like I'm pretty comfortable. I think I'm a more of a giver. I'm not great at receiving, like receiving compliments, receiving gifts, receiving favors. I always feel like I'm responding in a way that's like too grateful. Right. Like I want to be grateful, but like, I want to make sure I'm grateful enough, like in the right way that right. the person knows I'm grateful. And then I think sometimes You're in your I can be over grateful. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then I'm a good giver until I start feeling resentful. This is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. I get kind of resentful if I'm giving a lot. Yeah. But you give great. Oh, thanks baby. So if you were going to, work on one of those things would it be to ask probably yeah yeah i'm gonna go with i don't even understand to take i don't know like doesn't it seem kind of aggressive yeah i guess unless it's just like like if something's being given to you you receive it right you don't take it it's being given to you you receive it oh yeah taking would just be I don't really know. Like, I can't... She doesn't use it as an example there? No, like she is. she doesn't give an example. Well, I, I mean, I suppose... Yeah, we... Maybe I'm gonna take some time to myself? Yeah, perhaps. Um, perhaps. I'm gonna take your clothes off? No, I think no? It's like okay. more... But maybe more like more selfish in like... I, I, I hear it as like being selfish. Right. Within a relationship. Mm. Which I think sometimes is like valuable f- for 
for both parties and yeah um but i think if you if you take too much then you know you're just an asshole taker you're a fucking asshole such a taker yeah yeah we don't want that well do you feel like you took something from from reading her or think no but i it gives me something kind of like i again like i like verbs gives me something to sort of like play with how can people find this if they want to do a little oh it's just on her on her website is um estereperel.com e-s-t-e-r-p-e-r-e-l.com um i think it's the blog uh i want to say i don't know where you find oh yeah if you go right down to the bottom of her website um below the blog below whatever there'll be like a little a band across the website that says free resource your intimacy inventory cool sweet um so you can get that there um well i feel like this is one of those episodes that uh people might leave feeling uh kind of inspired to do work and and think about their relationships and and how to better themselves because the conversation we're about to get into definitely ties into some of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and it was a very fun conversation. Let's throw to it. But before we do, do you have anything for just the tips? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. On the spot. How about you think of it? I got one. Okay. Uh, last night, since my date bailed, um, I was like, well, I'm just going to get high and drink a bit and watch a movie by myself because Becca was on a date, on her own date. So I was I was all by my lonesome. It was a little little test for my um, year of 2020 being uh, alone Jeremy, 2020. Uh, So I watched a movie called Ready or Not. I mean, the trailer of the movie, like immediately I was like, yep, this is my kind of jam. It's it's like a horror thriller comedy. And basically the the concept is about uh, a newlywed couple. They get married at the estate, like the very wealthy estate of the groom's family. Uh, he obviously has a family that comes from a lot of wealth and, uh, that wealth has been passed down generation to generation. And there's a, I'm not spoiling anything. You get this all out of the trailers. Also, it's not a movie that it's not like a spoiler heavy kind of movie. It's if you want to just get high and drunk and watch a movie by yourself kind of movie. Um, and so they get, they get married and, and the, at midnight, the night of their wedding, um, she and he must attend this little like sort of family meeting because it's tradition that every time a new member of the family gets added to the family, they have to play a game and the game is randomized through this box. So it could be chess, it could be backgammon, it could be whatever. But there's one specific game that, uh, the bride, the one that's added to the family has to draw, uh, the card to say what game it is. And she pulls the hide-and-seek card. And that is a game of hide-and-seek where the bride hides and the family, the rest of the family, seeks her out. Um, but this long tradition, standing tradition, if that card is pulled uh, for various satanic-type cult reasons, they play a game of hide-and-seek, but unbeknownst to the bride, uh, the seeking part is find her and kill her. So the family's trying to find and kill the bride to which she very quickly figures out in this game of hide and seek. And uh, if you like movies that have anything to do with cults or satanic worship or uh, marriage or um, lots of very uh, um, clever and, and, and wacky violence, 
then this movie is right up your alley. It's a movie, not a show. It is a movie. It's great. It's very fun. I would give it, uh, I'd give it eight dildos out of 10. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's very like, it's very um, sort of Tucker and Dale versus Evil esque, kind of like Cabin in the Woods esque. Mm, okay. Not, not I, Cabin in the Woods is a little bit more of a twist, but um, yeah, it's like that sort of horror comedy, balls to the wall craziness, mm-hmm. and uh, d- definitely a good time. Yeah, and well acted too. Okay, that's good to know because that's a lot. Th- those are a lot of good components coming together. Not everything hits all those notes. Well acted. It was pre- it was written pretty well. Like it's pretty funny. There's some. There's a lot of funny. What's the name of it again? Ready or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good name. Yeah, it's good. Really good name. Um I'm I wanted I want to give something that's like like true and not not just like something I'm pulling out of nowhere. So I'll just something I've been doing a lot of uh lately is um just in preparation for this trip is purging. I've been purging yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think like you know, again, I'm a bit of a geek for organizing, but um, I think there's something really worthwhile, like maybe twice a year with the the change of seasons at some point, um, going through all of your clothes, going through all of your like cosmetics, going through like, <laughs> like I have been like your attic and your basement and your shed and being like, what is just taking up space here? Yeah. There's this practice called um, Swedish death cleaning. Have you heard about this? Have we talked <laughs> no, about this? No, it sounds fucking metal. <laughs> it totally does. Um, hang on, let me grab the... Um... Swedish death cleaning? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, Let's so... do that tonight. <laughs> so basically... Set the house on fire. Um, so I'm just quickly like Googling it. The first thing that comes up is a BuzzFeed article called The Beginner's Guide to Swedish death cleaning um and this is what it says if you've ever lost a family member you know the conversations surrounding who gets what stuff um who gets what stuff doesn't always end well um and even if they do cleaning out the home of a loved one isn't easy so i i believe that it's like around the age of 30 years old uh people start to um purge they start to like purge the things that they've collected to be able to um reduce the amount of shit that their family's gonna have to deal with when they die good call yeah right nice yeah yeah and uh, man i tell you we have amassed some shit in our relationship over our time it's crazy it's crazy it's fucking crazy that being said if you are a bit of a hoarder um i've been keeping track of um my sister's journals i have my sister's journals after she died she she left a stack of journals i've always been a journal writer myself so i kept them and i read through them like pretty soon after she died which i'm sure she would have been mortified by and part of me was really comforted and really really sad at the same time that what i was reading over the span of years was like is like in that it was like this is the the cycle of suffering like the same mm-hmm. conversations with yourself 
over and over and over again. You know those times when right. you're like, I've learned this before, but here I am somehow learning it again or right. learning it more deeply. And it's like a theme in your life, you know? And um, and I read through her journals and I saw that pattern and I was like so sad for one, but also so relieved for her that she had been freed from that. Right, broke the mold, broke and out. And there have been a couple of times. In the, so, so she died in 2002. Right. So that's almost 18 years ago. A long time. And um, I still have them. And there's been a number of times where I've thought about purging them. Um, I would burn them. That's what I would do. I'd have some sort of s- ritual where I would burn them. And um, and then yesterday, uh, yesterday I was um, speaking with someone in my family. And it turns out that they may be really useful as evidence in a criminal trial. Woo. Yeah. So if you are Holy a hoarder, moly. maybe there's a good reason that you're hanging on to that thing. It actually may may become useful. Well, okay. <laughs> yes, but also, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fucking shit that just that isn't. That's I true. I think I think anything like like anything that that anything in writing, anything in recording, anything in in like f- like photos, I think hoard the fuck out of that shit, mm-hmm. honestly. And toys. Well, they're like toys that make sense. Really neat historical. Yeah, hoard that stuff for sure. But don't hoard this your fucking that- laptop <laughs> sleeve that you've had for you know because you're like oh maybe I'll get a laptop that'll fit it. <laughs> it's like no fuck dude get rid of that like don't hoard just don't hoard knickknacks and. And Out with the old. Yeah, get rid of that space. shit. And clothes. My God, don't stop hoarding your clothes. Get rid of that shirt that you you think you think has sentimental value. It doesn't. Unless or, you're gonna frame it. it unless you're gonna frame the fuck out of it, or start wearing it. Mm-hmm. Reclaim. Or the give way it to somebody who's gonna love wearing it. Definitely. There, and there's so many people that are in need of that stuff. Yeah. That's um, true. But yeah, like right, like when you said you were about to. I didn't know this. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And when you were saying you were going to burn those journals, I was like, holy fuck, I hope you don't. Because, dude, I... if you die, I am definitely taking all of your journals and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to profit off it. <laughs> I'm going to make a fucking book. Oh, my God. I, I was looking through. I was, I was investigating, like, the mind of a 12-year-old for this, like, film script that I want to write. Yeah. So I got all my journals from, like, that age. And, oh, my God, the poetry in them. <laughs> I should read it. You, to you. should read it. To, let's sh- do that. Let's do that next next host episode. I'll, I'll read I'll, some of your. I'll read you some of my love poems. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of them actually have to do with dying. Oh, great. Yeah, oh, I love that. Like really morbid, sad stuff. Oh, amazing. Yeah, this might be good content for me for for my my upcoming talks in 2020. Okay. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll give you some of my 12 year old poems for yeah, you okay. to incorporate into your public speaking. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Let's throw it to this week's episode. This uh, was super fun. It was really fun. Laura Kennedy, um, she is a... Uh, She's a soulmate attraction coach. Yeah, something along those lines, mm-hmm. uh, like a love coach yeah. um, for, for for finding your soulmate, but also just for also loving your life. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's she's like a life coach, but like with a lot of love added, at, tagged on to it. Yeah, she kept using the term like aligning yourself. Yeah. To like be in accordance basically with your highest uh, potential. Yeah. Your highest like 
yeah, views for yourself or like You guys thought I was going to hate. You guys were like, "Oh, here we go. Jeremy's going to fucking roll his eyes this whole time." Yeah. Dude, I felt like I was listening to the latest Kanye album. I was like, "Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I'm ready to get out and fucking praise. Praise be. Praise praise the Lord, praise myself, praise the lovers in my life." I was fucking I that got me that shit got me hyped up like a Kanye album. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope it does the same for you folks at home. Yep, I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side. You know what's funny? Pe- a lot of like people, it. yeah, a lot of yeah. people bring notes, and then I, <laughs> I, I take notes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's a good idea. I too. like I it. Probably will as well. I, I feel like we rarely get to the notes, though. Yeah. I feel like it always, it just always naturally just naturally evolves. Yeah, or like at least we'll like hit the notes just naturally mm-hmm. through the way the conversation comes. But well, yeah. let's let's switch it up. What's the first thing you got written <laughs> Wait, down in your no, notes? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's the first thing you have written? Let's see what happens here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, well, yeah, I was just going to give a little intro about me because I know... I think this this is a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds natural Um, because this all came about because I think you were hanging out with one of my friends who had just shot uh, some film of me doing a workshop at a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. And I think she said you were like, what? Like, she's a a what? Like, she helps women find love? Yeah, I think the way she kind of worded it, or at least the way I read it was like, you are basically like a professional Cupid. Like that's in my head. I was going, so she, she's basically the one that shoots the arrow into the butt and then, and then like brings people together and and they find love. A lot of people ask me if I am the female, what's the movie? Is it Hitch? Where Um, I don't, don't you know, where he's like setting people up. So this is the thing. So what I am, is a soulmate attraction coach. That is my official title. Wow. Yeah. And basically, so there's, it's so funny because I find when I tell people here in Halifax or even Nova Scotia, they're like, what do, what do you mean? Like, what is that? What do you do? Like all of that. And it's really, really funny because if you go online and Google dating coach or love coach, like you will have hundreds, if not thousands of results. And so what you just said, the, the, sorry, say it one more time. You are, you, you soulmate attraction, soulmate attraction coach. Is that synonymous with dating coach or Um, love coach? So, so this is where I was going with the hitch thing. So there's, love or dating coaches and then there are like matchmakers which is not what i do see that's what i pictured yeah in my head. i thought that's what you're thinking i was like oh she's a matchmaker yeah no <laughs> okay okay so, which is like it's kind of interesting i don't think i'd really want to get into that but anyway mm-hmm. so what i do is i help women to attract in the right partner for them um now interesting with some coaches they'll focus solely on like dating strategy so like <laughs> you know your online profile how many pictures you should have you know what types of pictures your bio that type of thing that's also not my jam (laughs) so where I come in is really helping women like you know to to kind of put it how I do is align their energy so that they are in their highest self or their best self as most as humanly possible so so and and like this is just me being me but like so a life coach (laughs) 
Yeah, a life coach specifically for their love life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, All right. That's a yeah. great way to describe it. There we go. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Now you now specifically for women, do you, do you yep. you don't have men clients? I don't have men clients. I have had a couple men ask me. Um and I've kind of entertained the thought here and there like if I felt like there was like a good connection and they were relating with what I was saying, you know, for sure. Um, do you think do you think the reason why you don't have men clients is because um because it's just a little bit harder to relate to males and like, like I think so okay yeah sure. yeah but like I'm not opposed to it for sure sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah cool. okay yeah like I, if I if I were talking to them and they were like yes you were exactly describing what I'm feeling you know whatever yeah. because it's truly it's a lot of deep inner work um which not to generalize but a lot of men you know aren't necessarily thinking that that's the challenge for them it's probably more to do with well i just haven't met that person yet or the strategy or where do i find them and that kind of thing and i don't personally feel that that's really what it's all about cool um yeah okay sweet yeah let's say let's hear more about aligning yourself yes that sounds great so Yeah, like I said, I don't necessarily feel like it is, you know, if you're online or off or what you're saying, it's about the energy. And so um, with my clients, I use yoga philosophy, which also people are like, what? How does that play into love? Um, So I use 10 yogic principles to help them get into what I like to call their highest self, their best self, their true self. So not one which we often are. Um, like not one or the side of us that tends to take action from a place of like fear or scarcity or lack, but the total opposite. I love that. Mm. These, these, those, those are, those are the kind of things that just like make being a human being a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I would imagine if you, if that, that seems like really great knowledge (laughs) for anybody walking around in the world. How long have you been doing this work? I started with my first client a bit little over two years ago. And yeah. and what would like, you know, toot your own horn here, but like <laughs> sure. what uh, what have you heard from clients? Like what mm-hmm. or, or at least what have you seen in terms of their evolution and, and how they've adopted the yeah. things that you're trying to teach them? Yeah. Well, the cool thing just to, to go off Bridie's point, too, and ties into this as well mm-hmm. is like it it's great these principles literally can be applied to any area of your life. Like anyone can benefit from them. And so, yeah, I mean, I've helped clients attract in their partner, you know, they're living together, they're talking about the future, that kind of thing. And yeah, oftentimes because everything's connected and we have like our tendencies and our patterns, when we start to shift our energy and our perspective in one area of our life, it tends to like kind of bleed out into the others too in a great way right mm-hmm. so like I've had some people where okay we've we've got them into the relationship they want to be in and so they're like okay but now I'm like not super happy in my job so let's talk about that and I'm like okay great so let's take these principles and apply them there so you you as a as a um a coach mm-hmm. are willing to to sort of you're flexible in terms of the things that you're focusing on. It's not like, it's not necessarily just about relationships. It's really about bringing anything and everything into your life. That's just going to like make you feel your best self. Exactly. Cause I think if there's something like oftentimes I'll kind of look at, um, you know, maybe when we're first starting to work together, we'll look at, okay, what's going on in your life? Like, what do you do for work? You know, how are your social relationships? You know, your spirituality, like all areas. And because if something's really not working, 
there's probably a good reason for it, right? right? And there's opportunities there and that will actually help in your love life as well. Cause if you're if you're feeling down all the time about something, it's gonna be really hard to put on a great face and go on a date and not complain the whole time. Yeah, right? Totally. So yeah. when you have these conversations, these initial conversations with people, how are you listening? Like what are you listening for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I usually, like our initial conversation, I want to know, like, what is it that they want in their love life? Like, do they want a partner right now? Like, how important is it to them? And it's usually like, yes, I want that long-term partner, like yesterday, (laughs) you know, like five years ago. Um, And we kind of just dive into like what do they feel is the gap or like what's what's been their recent experience or maybe a little further behind if they haven't been dating in the last little bit which is sometimes the case Um, because sometimes it's just like those fears or beliefs from past experiences that even prevent them from putting themselves out there altogether so they're like well, I haven't really been dating in a while. I'm like, okay, why not? Like, Mm. if you want to find someone, you're probably going to have to date. I mean, it is possible that you could bump into someone at a coffee shop and whatnot, but you're going to have to go on some dates, you know? Like, what's what's going on? Is it confidence? Is it trust issues? And, like, what, you know, not to get too deep, we don't necessarily always need to go super far back into, like, childhood and where is that coming from and that sort of thing. But, yeah, do you have any idea of why why that is and you know are you willing to to be open to shifting that kind of thing do you think do you find that more um i don't i don't know if i can follow my own train of thought on this question (laughs) but do you think that people are likely to or more often seeing the value in understanding why they are behaving in the way they are or do you think, because for myself, I, I've been through phases of like mm-hmm. intense self-analysis. Yeah. And um, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But in other times in my life, I've been like, I think mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it's re- like I could go back forever. Yeah. But it's, I'm not moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. I I think a lot of people just want the the result. Mm-hmm. Um it does require like at least a little bit of digging or wanting to change, but you're right. It, I mean, I think in one case in like one of the yogic principles, for example, is like simplicity. So I and, love this. I think yeah. the yoga class. <laughs> Lovely. So yeah, I mean, in a sense, sometimes we tend to like overanalyze and like, yeah, looking at ourselves is great. Another one of the, the principles is self-study, right? So like we want to dig deep and find out what's going on and whatnot. And then, But sometimes we can kind of do that to a detriment, right? It's like we just want to kind of look at where we're at and work on moving forward. But yeah, sometimes it does involve a bit of, you know, digger deeping and that kind of thing. I'm glad you brought up some of the points because I really wanted to ask, but I didn't want to ask you to like give away your your knowledge for free. No, listen, I mean, there's 10 principles. They all have like so many layers. It wouldn't be possible for me to like really really dive deep into all of them so I'm happy to, to share some more and okay examples for my yeah. own just the way that my brain uh, takes information in is this kind of like like when when Jeremy and I did our teacher training one of the projects we had to complete was our yoga um, teacher training yes mm-hmm. yeah um we was uh called a wheel of life yeah so it cut your life into like pie mm-hmm. a pie 
pie slices and it was like here here's your values which you you know yeah. generally are very similar it seems mm-hmm. person to person but you might have a few of you know that mm-hmm. are really particular to you and then you you kind of mark where you're at in terms of satisf- sat- satisfaction faction thank yep. you wow. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> um yeah and then you mm-hmm. and then you address those areas that are Kind yeah, of pulling the balance off exactly. So, kind of the way I look at it with these yogic principles as like a guiding tool to my work is like there's ten principles. There are many layers or many ways you could apply each of them. But like I with working with my private clients, like I've got workbooks on each of the principles, and so it helps them dive into okay, how are the different ways that this could look, and am I really in alignment with this principle or could I use a little work, you know, and there's no shame in that. We could all use work in all of them, arguably, right? Unless we're like totally enlightened. <laughs> so um, we're human and we're going to we're going to mess up and, you know, have have ways to improve. So, um, yeah, it's really about like identifying where the gap is of like, yeah, in your energy or how you're showing up, not where you're showing up or what you're saying, but like how you're showing up. Yeah, because that's what people connect with, right? Like it's. You could have two people doing the exact same thing, but very different energy, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is is um, sometimes when people ask me about myself, about what like I'm up to, mm-hmm. I'm really quick to just be like, oh, you know, just doing the nine to five, just yeah. trying to hustle. Whereas like when I met Jeremy and and I felt like he had this really healthy appreciation for being able to talk about what mm. he was doing in a and like a really excited you know but like yeah charismatic but warm and inviting and not overpowering kind of Mm -hmm. way and I think I avoid I would avoid presenting myself that way because I'm like don't want to be over don't want to be too much yes I hear that from a lot of my clients actually they're they're worried that they are too much it's funny that you say that I've never heard you say that about me (laughs) but early days when we first like started seeing each other I remember us talking about I think we're talking about like someone uh, and the way they communicated. And you had mentioned how, um, so Ted, who's our brother-in-law, who we, I know exactly what you're we say. look up to, <laughs> we look up to Ted a lot and, you know, I've learned a lot from him and, and I respect him like so deep. He's just, he's not only a brother-in-law, but he's like a, a teacher in many ways mm-hmm. to, in many different ways to us. Um, and I remember you saying that Ted once told you something about like, he can't stand people who like talk self-reference about, yeah self-reference in conversation right and and i i always self-reference we all do we all like, do. we all love of to course. talk about ourselves of course but i think it's kind of like what you were just saying two people yeah. showing up doing the same thing but they can be doing it with very different energies yeah mm-hmm. and when you said that i got really self-conscious about oh, weird about myself mm. self-referencing uh-huh. and and to hear you say that i used i or i could do that without be kept like being overbearing right is such a, a fucking sigh of relief because it's been like nine years Aww, of me so thinking about that this. i'm not even joking it's so fucking crazy but in my head I've, i constantly have to go no but you're not an asshole about it. like you're no you're, you're not it's it's not weird when you do it it's but then i go but am i though it's so you know? that's the ego voice yeah, right? That's right that's like oh, no you might be yeah yeah <laughs> I think I just struggled for a long time to understand what what Ted was talking about (laughs) when he said that. And it only recently like started to make a little more sense. It's like sometimes you'd be in conversation with someone who you're like, you share your feeling, a feeling about something and go, oh, well, you know, I, I went through that 
I went through that already and I already learned everything mm-hmm. that you're saying. And you're like, right. That's okay. a conversation yeah. ender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, as that's opposed to, go, it's, it's the yes. And it's, it's just yeah. like improv, you know, yeah, if I ask you mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And it's, I think, I feel like, I don't know if I've heard if it's like a known quote or something, but it's like, it's not what you say, but how you say it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, a lot of my clients, especially when they are dating someone kind of in the early stages and, and for a lot of my clients, it's kind of, and I was there myself too. It's like, okay, where, where's this at? Like, are we being official? What's going on? Are we going to be exclusive? Like depending on what you want. And there's a lot of fears and insecurities that come up and oftentimes they'll want to, you know, ask them something or have a conversation, but they're too nervous to say it. And it's like, you can still have that conversation or get your point across, but you just want to do it in a way that's like non-pressured and, you know, that has a good energy to it, right? You want to like truth is one of the yogic (laughs) principles. So you want to communicate your truth. You want to speak your truth, but in a way that's kind and compassionate, which is another one. Um, So just like sprinkling them all in here. But Mm. yeah, so they all like intertwine. Um, And I always like to say this. It's like when you communicate your truth with kindness and compassion, then you get to let go of the result which is essentially another uh, principle of non-attachment or letting I go. I love mm-hmm. that. Can you just repeat that for me? Yes, I would so love nice to. Yeah, so when you communicate your truth, you speak your truth with kindness and compassion, then you get to let go from the result. Because you're showing up the best that you can. Exactly. Like if you go into a conversation. <laughs> what, what I love heart. about what I fucking love about this is that, and I'm, and and I wanted to ask this later, and maybe I'll just ask it now. But like, the I run into this a lot with like as a public speaker. Yeah. Speaking to audiences and the things that I'm saying to them, the message that I'm trying to get across. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything that they've never that they don't know. Right. Yeah. They've all heard this thing before. Yeah. It's but it's. It's this fascinating thing to watch, like, the reminder happen where mm. people go, oh, yeah. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> right. I kind of forgot that life is like that. And yep. it's like, we, you, you and I haven't not heard these things before. Right. But to hear it again or hear it put in a way um, or hear it at a certain, like, moment in your life, mm-hmm. you, it's like... I'm watching it happen right now between you two. Like yeah. the connection of like Bridie's eyes like lighting up when she hears the thing that you fucking hurt. You teach. Yeah, Like exactly. you actually yeah, teach yeah. this. Yeah. You know, it's so fascinating. I just, it just makes, it makes me so happy when mm-hmm. I hear things said and like it's a simple and beautiful yeah. way. Yeah. Like, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't paint a general brush. I'm sure there's some people out there that don't know these things. It's You know, true. it's like, yeah. Totally, we yeah, live totally. in an echo chamber of an yeah. echo chamber, you know, so. For but, sure. But it's, uh, yeah. But in the context of relationships. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a different context. Yeah. Or it's, maybe. It is. People. I think so. Like, I mean, I just think about that in conversation, like you know, Jeremy and we talk about how we approach difficult conversations all the time on the podcast, which Mm -hmm. is just like, get, you know, we have our own tactic for doing that. But remembering, you know, in, in any sort of fear or hesitation, Mm -hmm. apprehension of like those tough relationship conversations, um, to, to remember that like, yeah, you can Mm -hmm. show up that way. Yeah. And the right person will love you for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. And one thing I often say too, is like, if you have a fear coming up, like I like to just call it out and say like, I'm really nervous to say this to you right now. Yeah, like yeah, and the amount you of know? times you you've said that to <laughs> That's me. Our yeah. Like, that yeah, is our exactly. Tactic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vulnerability. And it, yeah. yeah, and it works. It works so yeah. well because the person on the other end, mm-hmm. again, if they are if they are there for you and yes. they care for you and they love you, like they're gonna yeah. hear that and go, 
Okay, now I need to sh- I need to show up. Yes. I got to buckle in yeah. because yeah. I you know, I don't want to run away from this. So exactly. let's do this together to make this work. Because yeah. on the other side of that coin, when you don't say the thing that you mm. need to say, mm-hmm. how like it literally eats away at me. Yeah. It's like the a lot of times too, you know, sometimes I can see this with clients where, you know, they're they're trying to find their partner, they're trying to make a good impression, that kind of thing and you know, they're trying to kind of conform to what they think the other person wants. And it's like, that might work in the short term, but A, it's not really working because you're not yourself and happy. And it's definitely not sustainable in the long term, you know? So like the quickest way to find your partner or partners, like is to be your true self right from the get-go. And you'll find the people that want that, you know, that align with that. Turn Me On will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Is like so at that point, is that where the the client um teacher mm-hmm. relationship starts to like fizzle out, or is there like a continual process? And like if there is, does that start to f- eventually fall into like couples therapy territory? You know, like yeah, I haven't gotten into couples therapy at all, and I don't know that I really care to. I mean. Again, if someone were to come to me and be like, my partner and I are having troubles, like, I, I really feel like you could support me. I'd be like, okay, let's let's talk about it. Like, sure. obviously, I'm going to hear you. Um, like, I have had clients. So it's it's 
everyone works at different paces too, right? And everyone is so individual. So typically, um, you know, I have like a longer term private program, but I've had people find their partner within like a month of working together um, or start to like, you know, things are getting serious, that kind of thing, if they're like really quick moving. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, well, let's just make sure that you're like set up for success and Mm -hmm. like no little sneaky fears and stuff from your past kind of creep back in, right? So it's just... It's really helping them get to where they want to be, which for most people is in like a, you know, official quote unquote long term committed relationship. But I mean, long term is kind of subjective, right? right? It's like, you know, but for most people, I would say, I don't know, they they want to feel like it's it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like it's a feeling like they feel secure. They've been seeing this person for a while, few months. I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's ideally where I want to get people to is just to meet whatever their goals are. And we talk about that at the beginning of our work together. It's like, where, where do you want to be by the time we're finished our work together? Right. Cool. Yeah. Have you ever been invited to like a wedding that, uh, you like of, of people that, that of you, a client? Yeah, of a no. Client? And I was actually thinking about getting uh, what's the term like ordained so yeah, that right. I could lead weddings or officiate them i don't know what the proper term is um so yeah not yet but that would be but again you're still early in your career you know so there's time of course i mean you know it's not every day that people get together and decide to get married like a year later yeah that's a that's a semi rare (laughs) i mean i know i know a couple people you know now that i think about it uh yeah do you um what's like the longest term client you have had uh, I just essentially, so I had a, a client we were working together for nine months, um, and she is seeing someone now. Um, they're like kind of at that beginning early stage where she's like feeling it out. And she did like, essentially we had signed on for a nine month program together. Um, and I, I just kind of said like, I feel like this is just the beginning and there's so much here. Like, how would you feel about continuing on to work together? And she's like, yeah great so we're gonna do and do another six months and kind of take it from there so i don't know what that is my math is not great but that would be over a year mm-hmm. year and three months yeah if we, you know that's pretty that. cool yeah and i mean it is i like i have a business coach i've been working with her for i think i'm going into my fourth year of working with her so i did a group program with her and then two years of private coaching and it like truly like she again it kind of goes back to the thing it's like it's so much more than just your love life or just business like all areas of life like because everything's connected and so when you are getting I think it's sometimes hard for people to understand when they haven't received especially private coaching support before like the world of difference it makes Um, when you're receiving that accountability and support and guidance from someone consistently like it's a life changer yeah and it it probably takes a lot of pressure off of the people who are close to you in your life I would imagine so I'm thinking you know like all the expectations we put on our partners and all the roles Mm -hmm. we expect them to fill and it's like I've I've been starting businesses for the last like three years in my head and then you know and little bits here and there and branching out of my own contracting and I just like if I have to go home and like dump that on my partner every day and need their coaching (laughs) through and like, okay, well Mm -hmm. now we're, yeah. Yeah. We're putting this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have, um, do you have any clients that come to you that, that are, that are 
that identifies non-monogamous? Um, I haven't worked with anyone like privately, but I have spoken to people and we, and yeah, we just haven't, haven't worked together in a paid capacity, but yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had someone approach you where you have felt like it wasn't a good fit? Yes. Yeah. Quite like, I wouldn't say quite often, but, um, the odd time, like if they're, cause that's the thing too, then there might be a number of reasons of what that, or a number of ways that looks, I guess if someone Mm. like I have been on the phone with someone where they're like, yeah, I just need, I need like a great profile and you know, where do I go to meet people and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I mean, I, we can talk about that, but I don't know that that's really the challenge. Cause like, you know, all of the apps and all of the places to go, like that's not, you know, that's not it really. Um, I do support my clients with that to a degree, but it's not what I focus in on. And then, yeah, there are some people that, um, you know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. Um, so if there are like some bigger like mental health issues or something like that, I wouldn't feel comfortable, right. um, you know, advising certain things. I have worked with people before who um, go to a psychologist or therapy in combination with coaching, and that's been great. Um, but yeah, we just kind of feel it out either in that initial conversation or if something happens while we are working together, like I'm never going to force someone into working with me and I would never want someone to feel like, you know, I need therapy and I can't get out of this or something. Right. right? Do your friends like, like do your friends kind of, uh, you know, it's like, I know, I know Brit is an osteopath and I, and I pay, (laughs) I pay Brit to be, she's my osteopath. But also when I'm at Brit's house, you know, I might be like, Hey, can you just like take a look at my back here for a minute and just tell me like what you see. And then of course, like (laughs) next thing I know I'm shirtless on her floor and she's just like, yeah, let me just, I'm I'm (laughs) going to get a free session. I'm just going to like do a full session. (laughs) Uh, do you, do your friends, do you have friends that are just like, I'm going to go see if I can get some coaching. Uh, Uh, I mean, I don't think that's like their intention. (laughs) It could be though. Who knows? Um, (laughs) most of my friends are in relationships, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, I do have a, a few that, I mean, it's just, this is one of the reasons I went into it because like, it sounds so corny, but like, I love love. And so I naturally mm. want to hear like, how, like if you want a partner, how is it going? Like what's going on? And so it kind of just com- tends to come up naturally, um, you know, with some of my single friends and yeah, they'll be like, I'd love to hear what Laura Kennedy coach thinks of this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Let's put the hat on. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But it's, it's not even putting a hat on. Cause it's just who I, like I would give my clients and my best friend the exact same advice, right. so to speak. Um, yeah. How did you get into it? I know yeah. you said you love love, but yeah. like what, what's the, <laughs> What what led you to this mm-hmm. to this this career path? Because it, it is a very unique one, you know. It's one of those it's one of those jobs like you said. Yeah. You say what it is, and people go. So yeah, especially what is here. That? Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. So I had kind of been like bouncing, not really bouncing around quickly or anything between jobs, but just like wasn't loving what I was doing. I mean, I had great jobs, but it just it just felt like there was something more and. I just really love supporting people and I'm a people person. And um, so, yeah, I had just kind of, well, actually it's, it's kind of, I'm trying to speed it up, but I had taken this course on these yogic principles from a woman. I had taken it out in Calgary when I was going to university and um, I was out there on a work term and from taking that from her, I got on her email list and was following her. And then I saw one day that she was on this online series. So, um, you know, it was all about kind of like sparking your 
I don't know, of sparking your passion or finding your spark or something sure. like that. So I was like, well, that, that sounds nice. Could always use more of that, right? So signed up for that. And it was uh, led by my now coach. Uh, her name's Wendy Collier. She's great. And um, so I, I participated in this like free seven day spark challenge she had. And I just ate it up. I loved it. I did every day. Um, and then at the end of that, there were some prizes. And so I had won um, like a, a, a partial credit towards one of her group programs, um, hopped on the phone with her. And it was so funny. I remember she was like, so tell me why you want your own business. Like, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? And I was like, I don't really know that I do. I just like, I want to do, I think I want to do like life coaching on the side sort of thing. Just experience that. Anyway, so I joined her program um, and that's her, well, the specialty of that program was to help you find out what it is that you're meant to do and how to make a business in it. And really I landed on love just because I love love and also because I had a hell of a time <laughs> finding my partner. So um, yeah, it was just kind of my own process and, and seeing kind of from like my struggle to yeah being happy in a in a romantic relationship no you so. mean uh can we dive into that a little bit like a, like a hell of a time yeah. as in as in like uh it, that was a hell of a time or like <laughs> no. that was a fucking hell <laughs> of a time that was a hell of a time <laughs> right fuck okay. Okay. <laughs> i don't curse a ton but yeah um Actually, I curse a little bit more than I think I like to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that back. Um, yeah, I just felt like I had wanted a serious relationship and it just was not working. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah, like just relationship after relationship that just was. Yeah. Just and they tanking. didn't even really turn into relationships. It was just like, OK, I would attract guys in who tip like for the most part, I was really into them and was like, OK, cool. Like, I hope this goes somewhere. This is really exciting. And then it just wouldn't whether we would just right. like hook up. I could tell that they weren't serious or they would totally completely ghost me. And I was like, OK, mm -hmm. um, or like there were a few instances where um they were like really into me and they seemed great. Like on paper, it was like, okay, they really care about me. They're really nice. Like, and I was like, I'm not attracted to them at all. Like, right. really? and I knew that was a problem for me because like, I, I have a pretty great sex drive. Like I like to be physically intimate. And I was just like, I remember a couple of times in particular where I was like, oh God, I could like, yeah, this has been a great date, but I'm not feeling anything. So it was like, mm back and forth kind of between those two situations and it was just like I truly did get to a point where I was like maybe I'm just not meant to have a relationship but that was very confusing because I wanted one so bad so I always like to say to my clients or potential clients it's like if you have that desire in you there's a reason for it and you know depending on what you believe in like I don't think we would be given this desire from a higher power without the ability to attract it into your life right you know it's just a matter of how and you mm -hmm. might just need some support and guidance to do that and there's no shame in that which is another thing a lot of people are like i didn't tell anyone that i hired you or you know sure right <laughs> like, it's, okay it's, it's like the we don't tell my parents that we met on tinder right but, yeah. yeah 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 i hope that changes in regards to so many things mm -hmm. in terms of like coaching and support and yeah 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 for some reason well and i get it because like I remember when I was single yeah I learned about these yogic principles I was like uh, I was like okay I learned them generally speaking so I was like they're helping my life as a whole now how can I take them 
and apply them to my love life because that's kind of the missing piece of the puzzle it feels like and that yeah it, it worked and I was also um like listening to books of like law of attraction specifically for your love life like one was on how to manifest your soulmate and like yeah all of these things together like it worked you know it, but it, it wasn't just like this magic thing like I was shifting my vibration you're putting the work in exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's not just gonna it's not magic or voodoo. It's not yeah. going to do it for you. Although my partner's like, I didn't have a choice. You like witchy voodoo thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. me in. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like the, I, I attributed my, my early days of like, of getting into theater school, which is like, was no small achievement, mm-hmm. you know, like getting accepted to Ryerson, which you did as well, Bridie. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, it's, it's between you and like thousands of other kids and yeah. they narrow it down to like 20 of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I remember at the time, time just totally soaking in the secret yeah I was yeah. all about the secret yeah and and got into theater school and I was like oh my god mm-hmm. it was the secret but then like maybe not even half a year later I was thinking back and I was like no it wasn't the fucking secret <laughs> it was me applying the yeah. things that I like had heard or read through that yeah but then actually doing the fucking work and like that's the thing that I think sometimes people don't really understand Mm -hmm. is that you know all the self book self-help books in the world aren't going to help you unless you also take what it is that they're trying to teach you and apply it exactly i think it's like which the secret doesn't do a very good job of actually fucking telling you because the secret (laughs) what to do it doesn't give you the tangible it it doesn't it it basically is like right i want a million dollars on a sticky note and stick it on your fucking (laughs) ceiling and wake up and you're gonna i think where it's going with that is like if you see that on your ceiling every day it's going to shift how you feel and how you feel will shift what you do hopefully yeah it should i mean it should yeah right um so like i like to sum it up by saying like it's like taking aligned action so you're taking action but from a place of alignment with your higher self which Mm -hmm. is what these principles help you Mm -hmm. get into um yeah because like your it comes back to so much about your beliefs too like if you don't think there's any way you can make a million dollars you're probably not going to take an action to do it yeah you know yeah um and and honestly even with a lot of my clients are like i don't know i'm really struggling to believe that this is possible for me but there's like at least a glimmer of hope of like, okay, because and a lot of that, sometimes you just need to borrow the belief from someone else. Yeah. And if I'm like, I've done this, I've been in your shoes, I know it feels near impossible right now, but you like you can do this. It is possible for you. It wouldn't be in you if it weren't a possibility. And like, think of the amount of people in the world. Like, let's just toss that out there. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's right. so possible. Yeah. But I know that feeling. And so <laughs> sometimes they just need to hear that belief from another person and be like, okay, you know, it just needs to be like a glimmer of hope. But it, there does need to be a glimmer there. Like if someone's like, it's not possible. Well, they mm. wouldn't be on the phone with me if they didn't think that or talking to me in the first place. Um. But yeah, sometimes it's like really, you know, it's just that little glimmer of hope yeah. and then it builds and then they're, they get more confidence or, or, you know, belief and they take more actions. How did you meet your current partner? Yeah. So are you guys married? No. Okay. Uh, we've been together for about five years, okay. but uh, yeah, we, we went to high school together, but we did not meet in high school, We're about like two years apart. And um we well we both live here in Halifax but are from Cape Breton and 
we were both home for Thanksgiving weekend five years ago. And it's really funny because one of my girlfriends had just said like, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm, you know, going over to to this friend's place if you want to come. And like I rarely had hung out with her. I found like one on one, especially in that time. We just weren't super close, but I was home and I was in the habit of doing things to get out of my comfort zone. So it was like, and to be honest, the night before I had like there was this guy I was kind of seeing wasn't going too well. And I was like, yeah, I, that that's it. Like I have to practice what I preach now, mm-hmm. live in alignment. And like that was not aligned. Like I knew it was going nowhere. So I was like, I need to stop that. And I essentially like did maybe more just energetically that day. But um, yeah. And then the the next day or sorry. So, yeah, I was went out with my friends and. Caleb was there and like we kind of knew of each other from going to high school together and yeah we're just flirting and kissed by the end of the night outside the the old bar in Sydney and and then yeah it was like a a couple days later he's like you know we texting me and went out on a date and that was that wow yeah that's a that's a romantic story (laughs) it is Is it's kind of there's something really sweet about it that's nice is he ever like hey don't coach me does he ever catch you like (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't explicitly say it <laughs> you may be thinking it maybe Mumbles no and I try to breath. be really mindful of that like because I know we all know how it feels when we're not really like asking for support like sometimes we just need to vent about something and just be like heard and be like yeah that fucking sucks mm-hmm. like I'm sorry you had a rough day instead of having someone kind of try to like fix it you know and be like well what's your part in that or you know right so i do try my best I'm not perfect but I try my best to just be like a good listener and ask if he want like would like my thoughts or that kind of thing before just kind of offering them and I mean everyone's different so what might work for me might not work for him and yeah do you ever have people um who are just like (laughs) how do you work with someone who's like really hung up on an ex yeah do you ever get that situation um Surprisingly, not a ton, actually. But I mean, we like, yeah, we would just kind of dive into doing some work around like healing and letting go of that relationship and, you know, seeing it for the, you know, the gift, hopefully that it was, you know, and there was something good within it, you know. Um, Yeah, just like letting go so that they can find that right person. And I mean, I think this is going to maybe sound a little bit cold. but it comes back to that principle of simplicity of like if you're not with that person you know you have a couple choices like is it are they potentially your person and and do you need to figure that out and have a conversation with them again or are they not like if they're not let's help you find the person that is if that's what you want you know what I mean so getting hung up on that and kind of trying to go over and over in our heads of like what could have been or you know that kind of thing isn't really going to help you move forward you know Mm -hmm. I'm asking for a friend Um, (laughs) no but I feel like I I there's like the common things that I hear are like yeah like just revisiting the same relationship over and over again Mm -hmm. like not not able to let it go yeah um another one is like never being like never being satisfied Mm -hmm. and working with that as like a I guess a personality trait yeah I think going to the like getting hung up on a past person and this is this is interesting because I know you guys are polyamorous right so 
I don't believe that there is just one person out there for us. You know what I mean? Like we have the ability to make many connections and fall in love with many people. And, you know, I think maybe more for people who are looking for monogamous relationships, perhaps it can be easier to get caught up on that last person because it's like Mm. they almost feel like it's like their only shot, you know, um, but I, I don't believe that it is, you know, whether you're looking for a monogamous or not, it's like, mm-hmm. hopefully that if, if you can, if you also agree with that, that, and I mean, again, it's just like the, the amount of people in the world, there's gotta be more than one, right. Mm. In my mind. So it's like, hopefully that can kind of give you some hope or ability to be like, okay, it's it, that's, that wasn't my only chance. I didn't royally screw this up, you know, cause that's where a lot of the negative self-talk and stuff can come in. And again, that's like against that principle of kindness and compassion to ourselves. So it's going to be really hard to bring someone in when you're constantly like beating yourself up and, you know, feeling like you made the wrong choices and that kind of thing. So great advice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have other questions, but I could just ask questions all day. Go for it. You're right. questions all day. I love this conversation. It's my jam. Um, (laughs) Oh no, I did. I actually, I did ask my two questions that I had. Coaching. Oh yeah. Do you have Do you have people that get in touch with you and um, they're in a relationship and they're like, I don't know supposed to be in this relationship or not can you tell me if I'm happy (laughs) Uh, again I don't think I've worked with anyone in like a paid capacity like longer term with that but have had some like conversations and yeah um yeah some and and, and a little bit of both in terms of like maybe early on in dating and they're like I'm not quite sure if this is the one um or later on in a relationship where they're like things are not going too hot kind of thing um, and I mean, my thought is if you're at the beginning of a relationship, I think you just kind of want to tune back into like, how do you want to feel on a day to day basis? And how do you want to feel, therefore, in your relationship? And are you feeling that right now? And if they're asking that question, the answer is probably no. And so it's probably not the right person for you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't say it that bluntly. Like I try to always, again, communicate truth with love, with kindness and compassion. But and sometimes people need a little bit of tough love and like everyone is different. Like I have one client who like I should be a little bit assertive with her and she's like she's super fiery. And I, I remember because I'm like pretty soft. Like <laughs> when we were first starting to work together, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to test me. Like she's, she's super fiery. But I love working with her. Um and yeah, sometimes I need to be like, listen, like, not smart enough, but like, come on, woman, like, let's, let's do this, right? Like, so, yeah. I just picture yeah. you grabbing her by the shoulders. Yeah. Like, I can't physically, because yeah. she's in California, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, how can people, speaking of clients, how, mm-hmm. how can people find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on all the social medias, well, not all of them. Instagram, Laura Kennedy Coach, uh, and I have a Facebook page, Laura Kennedy Coaching, or you can just go to my website, laurakennedycoach.com. I am really excited for the people listening to this that yeah. are like, hmm, I'm going to type that into my browser right now mm-hmm. and and to see what comes from that. And I, I just want to like put this out there. Um, if anyone does reach out to you, mm-hmm. uh, I I hope that they get back to us and, and be like, I got to tell you how it was because yes. I, I just like... It would be so neat to be yeah. a sort of a fly on the wall yeah. for that sort of yeah. kind of um, 
discovery that self-discovery yeah it's i mean that's honestly one of the best parts of this work is just like it's so rewarding like where people and honestly i've even had people where like we've stopped working together and then they're like i had one girl she was like by the way right when we were finishing working together like i found my person and this she let like two years pass and i was like um hello why didn't you tell me this like that's amazing like i want to celebrate with you like that's awesome but yeah yeah, it's really really cool to yeah i mean i cannot absolutely not take full credit but to play some small part in that feels really really cool so no doubt Yeah. yeah if you were to give everyone uh listening one like I don't know, journaling exercise or one question Mm. to ask themselves to sort of like, you know, I don't know, stimulate their imagination on on self-discovery. What would it be? Oh, gosh. It's a good question. Hmm. I mean, I think it really comes down to like, am I taking aligned action there's gonna be a couple questions so am I taking aligned action and what that means like the most important part I think of it is am I fully aligned am I doing what I can to fully align with my highest self as much as possible like truthfully and going after what I want from that space and that's where sometimes it's kind of tough because oftentimes like I'm I'm guilty of it I'm like yeah no I'm not really living my best you know to my best ability to be in my highest self right now or whatever and that's okay because we're human again like we don't have to be there 24 7 but like day-to-day relatively speaking consistently like am I aligning myself to my highest self and taking action from that place to get to where I want to go a great question <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. you're welcome uh this has been really fun it's been really fun yeah. thank you guys so much yeah thank, thank you. you for coming in oh. uh and thank you all so much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed it uh we'll be back next week as we always are and in the meantime i mean we say this every single episode so you should probably know it that's coming but <laughs> just go to apple podcast yeah yeah rate, rate review subscribe rate review subscribe <laughs> and over at apple Podcasts, and then go to patreon.com slash turn me on and uh, and and help us out financially support the art that you enjoy. Mm. Turn me on. Podcast. Take aligned action. Take there you yeah, go. That's yeah. It. yeah, put it out there in the yeah. universe. That's a hundred percent aligned action. Going to patreon.com and become a five dollar uh, patron. Um, <laughs> um, <coughs> email us uh, turn me on podcast at gmail.com or visit our website uh, turnmeonpodcast.com if you want to uh, be a guest on the show or if you have a piece of advice you'd like to. Um, have us consider that is it for this week until next week go fuck yourself Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.